We're actually nearing the end of a teaching series uh, that we've been doing called Transformed. And we've been thinking about the subject of discipleship and what does it mean for us to be people who are discipling ourselves to Jesus? What does it mean for us who are learning, people who are learning to respond to him? And we said one of the ways that Jesus disciples people is through invitation, but also challenge. I don't know if you've noticed that. Jesus often says, come as you are. You know, he embraces people where they're at. He accepts them as they are. And so there's the, there's the invitation of Jesus But there's also a challenge, isn't there? There's also this reality that when we come to Jesus, he does say, come as you are, but he also says, don't stay as you are. And that um, often he he calls us to be different. He calls us to to change, to to be transformed. And so there's this, this kind of wrestling that we have between invitation and and challenge. And as we've been journeying through this series, um, and this is, um, what's the, what's the pen, penultimate before the penultimate? I, I don't know what it is. It's, one, it's, the last, it's the last three. Okay, you've got two more after this. But as we've been journeying through this, we've been using this simple framework, which is familiar to many of you, I'm sure. Uh, but we've been using this framework of three dimensions that we... In our pursuit of Jesus, we live in three dimensions. We live in an upward dimension, which is about our connection to God. Uh, We live in an inward dimension, which is about addressing issues around our character, the kind of people we're becoming, and primarily the kind of people we're becoming in community. And so it's, it's in a place of community, it's in a place of connection to one another that our characters are shaped and we're formed into the people Jesus is making us. And then we talked about the outward dimension. Um, And and really this is about our calling and our call to the mission of God in the world. And so um, as we've been looking at these three different dimensions of up, in and out, um, we've been looking at some different symbols to try and hang some of this off and, and really kind of create a language or a culture of discipleship in the life of our church. And so um, for those of you who are astute, you'll see that a lot of those symbols uh, we've stolen from the digital world. And uh, so if you've got a, a phone or a mobile device of any description, some of these symbols are familiar to you on a daily basis. And so we've just been using some of those as a, as a springboard or as a way of thinking about these three dimensions of up, in and out. And so we We're in the last section now, the out, which is focused on our calling. And uh, last week, uh, Paul uh, did a great job just looking at this first symbol, which is the EQ symbol. And we were um, really trying to identify how God has wired us. How has God wired us for his mission in the world? And uh, we use this these, these five gifts that are li- uh, lifted from Ephesians chapter 4, this, these five gifts of a, an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And we wasn't necessarily talking about a position or an office or, you know, it wasn't, we wasn't sort of instating anybody as the central vineyard prophet or anything like that or, you know, making anyone an apostle 
But really what we were talking about was what motivates you. From those five giftings, how are you typically motivated? And so how many, how many of you did the test online? Three of you. Um, uh, four of you. Um, but you'll know that you probably guessed what, what things you lent to naturally. Um, but there are, you know, there are different ways, different things that we lean towards, whether it is that kind of apostolic thing, whether it is the prophetic or evangelism or, or what have you. We all have a tendency to lean towards certain things. As we continue this week, we're looking at another symbol, which is the volume down. And we're really, um, after thinking about what motivates us last week, this week we're thinking about where do we start? So where do we go from here? How do we, you know, how do we begin to respond to the mission of God, what he's called us to do? And so... Um, Rooted in this is this idea that all of us, as followers of Jesus, are called to bear fruit. We're called to be fruitful. I was interested that that's kind of where our worship landed this morning. But, um, and so regardless of how you determined your motivations last week, there's something that all of us in this room, two things that all of us in this room have in common, Okay. Uh, the first is, we were all born. Okay? Great revelation. Some of you are like, really? Um, but we were all born, weren't we? We were all born into this world. The other thing that you and I have in common, the other one thing, is that one day we're all going to die. That's a cheery thing, isn't it? Um, you, know, you know, if someone asks you, how was church today? That's all right. Just told us we're going to die. Um, but we're all, we're all going to die. And for those of us who follow Jesus, then the scriptures are really clear that we're going to have to give one day an account for this life that we, we live. That one day uh, we're going to stand before Jesus and say, this is what I did. So with, the, with, the, with whatever was given me, this is what I've done. And so, you know, none of us could plan for birth, could we? You know, we couldn't, like, get our bags packed ready. Oh, I'm going to be born. But what we can do is we can plan for this life. We can be intentional for the kind of life that we live. And all of us are going to be accountable one day for the life that we have lived. And so within that accountability, within that structure and that idea that one day this life, my life's got to mean something, it's got to, it's got to go somewhere. Within, within that reality, all of us as men and women who follow Jesus are called to be people who are fruitful, who bear fruit. But I don't know if you've noticed, there's a little bit of an tension around the idea of, of being fruitful, being people who are fruitful. A few weeks ago, Tammy um, talked a little bit about what it means for us to care for our soul. And we, we looked at a passage where 
where, where, where Jesus says that I'm the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me and you will bear fruit. And so there, there was this reality, uh, this, this, this reality in order to be fruitful, it isn't so much about us going and doing something, but it's about us being connected to someone. That fruitfulness comes from our connection to Jesus. It's not about striving, it's not about forcing ourselves to be fruitful. fruitful. You know, a, 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 a grapevine doesn't go, mm, I'm going to squeeze some grapes out, does it? You know, it just, it doesn't do that. By being a grapevine, it naturally um, produces grapes. It's a natural outcome of the, the branches and the vine. And being connected to Jesus, being, being in relationship with him, being connected to him, is, is really the natural outcome is that we bear fruit. That we become fruitful people. But then you have this guy in the New Testament called Paul, who's this prolific church planter, apostle. He's like, just like the superhero of the New Testament. And, and he, says, he says this in um, 1 Corinthians 15. He says, But by, great, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effort. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yeah, not I, but the grace of God that was in, within me. And it's kind of in passages like that where we find some of the tension. Okay, So there's this tension that we, we're fruitful because of our connection to Jesus. Nothing that we can do, we just need to remain and abide in him. But at the same time, it seems that fruitfulness comes when we cooperate with him and do something. There's, there's something for us to do in that remaining process. And so I want to think about that, that idea of being fruitful. And so being fruitful because of our connection to Jesus, but being fruitful as well because of some of the things that we do, some of the habits, some of the things that we engage in cause fruitfulness. But the other dynamic about fruitfulness is that we're thinking about this outward dimension, aren't we? And that fruitfulness is, is not just about you and I bearing fruit, but it's about you and I bearing fruit in others. Now, Jesus um, gave us a really simple command. It was, it was really simple. And that command was to go and make disciples. So it wasn't just to be a disciple, but it was also to go and make disciples. And so the, the fruit of our lives is not just how, how, how great I am, but how great are other people around me because of who I am. That's fruitfulness too, and that's kind of how I want to think about it this morning. And I don't know about you, I want us to be a fruitful church. I want us to be fruitful. I want us to continue to, to grow and flourish and bear much fruit. And so some of that is our connection to Jesus. Some of that is 
uh, our ability to be cooperative with him and respond to him. And some of that is to do with us reproducing ourselves in, in other people. And so um, if you've got a Bible, we're going to be in Mark chapter 4. And in Mark chapter 4, Jesus tells this parable, which is, is often, um, you know, I think most of us would, who have been around church for five minutes would, would be familiar with this parable. And he tells this, this parable, which is just a story with meaning, of, of a farmer, and this farmer who goes and sows seed. And in this parable, Jesus says, some of the seed falls on the path, and the, the birds of the air come and eat it before it can grow. Some of it falls in the rocky places, and there, um, there isn't much soil, and although what is being planted springs up quite quickly, um, actually, um, the, because there's no soil, it gets scorched and it, and it withers. And then he says, some of the seed falls among thorns, and, um, and because it falls amongst the thorns, they, they grow up and they choke the plant that grows. And then he says this in verse 8. He says, still other seed falls on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times. And so Jesus tells this parable, and then he says, for those who have ears to hear, let them hear it. And, you know, I, um, I like to think the disciples were there, and whenever they heard Jesus teach and tell stories, I imagine they were like, go Jesus, preach it, you know, you know go team Jesus. And then they get Jesus alone, and they're like, Jesus... That was great. That was great. It's almost as good as when, you know, when we did the walking on water thing. And it, was, it, it wasn't as good as you know, feeding 5,000. But um, that story you told, what does it mean? What does it mean? And so the disciples, like you and I, are just pretty dumb. Um, and, so, and so Jesus then proceeds to explain what's going on. That's where I want to pick up verse 13 of chapter 4. It says, Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? So there's something in this parable, there's, there's a truth in this parable that kind of sets the tone for all other parables. He says, The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path. Where the word is sown, as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, uh, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they they last only only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, uh, the deceitfulness of wealth, 
and the desires from other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like the seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and they produce a crop, some 30, some 60, and some 100 times what was sown. So as we think about what it means to be fruitful, as we think about that, acknowledge that that's about being connected to Jesus and, and being cooperative with him, being cooperative friends with Jesus, and as, we, and as we think about fruitfulness being what we reproduce in others, you know, being obedient to that call to go and make disciples, I guess a question we might ask is what stops us being fruitful? And I think this passage just gives us a couple of clues to what stops fruitfulness happening. And Jesus says that the seed that lands on the path, uh, it's where the word is sown, but as soon as it, they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. In the, the Gospel of Luke, he, he, he accounts this same story, but he talks about the seed being taken, because, uh, and, and as a result, you won't understand. People won't understand. And so one of the things that stops us bearing fruit and being uh, fruitful is a lack of understanding. A lack of understanding. We can often be unfruitful because we just don't get it. You know, have we truly understood what Jesus has said to us? Have we truly understood what his invitation to us is really all about? Do we really understand what he said? In the context of today, do we really understand that he said, go and make disciples? That making disciples wasn't like this... Optional extra. You know, it wasn't reserved for a select few. It wasn't, you know, just the thing that a few super Christians do. And the rest of us just, you know, fade into obscurity. That our call, the call on all of us to be fruitful is to go and reproduce ourselves in other people. Have we really understood that? Have we really grasped that? Have we truly understood the missionary calling of the church? As one author puts it, he says, the community of God's people exists not for themselves, but for the sake of the world. Mission is therefore not a program or a project some people in church do from time to time. The church's very nature is to be God's missionary people. We use the word missional to mark this big difference. Mission is, is not about a project or a budget or a one-off event somewhere. It's not even about sending missionaries abroad. A missional church is a community of God's people who live into the imagination that they are 
by their very nature, God's missionary people, living um, as a demonstration of what God plans to do in and through all creation in Christ Jesus. That the church and the people of God have been given a mandate. They've been given something to do. And it's to go and transform the world. It's to go and make all things new. And that kind of sounds like a big deal, doesn't it? Sounds like a big deal. and Because it, it is. It is a big deal. And do we under, really understand that? Do we really understand that call to go and make disciples, to go and reproduce the life that we have with Jesus and impart that to other people? It's not people inside the church, okay? So often we limit discipleship to Christians. But actually we can go and we can disciple our neighbours, can't we? We can disciple uh, people in our workplaces. We can disciple our friends and family. We can disciple people in any sphere of influence that we have. Because that's what Jesus told us to do. He didn't say go and make converts. He said, go and make disciples. Not only do we lack understanding, but we can also lack understanding of who we are and the authority that we've been given. And that goes back to what we talked about on Easter Sunday, that we've been given this brand new identity. And... um, You may remember, I read this quote from Kevin Dedman. He says, having a proper revelation of our identity determines the level of kingdom authority we walk in, which will determine the amount of influence we have in bringing the kingdom of God to earth. And so sometimes we can feel unfruitful. Sometimes we can lack fruit in our lives because we lack understanding of what we're called to do. And we lack understanding of who we are and who we've become in Christ. The second thing is that, is that we is a lack of root. Jesus said, since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble and persecution comes, they quickly fall away. And so a lack of fruit is often a lack of root, a failure of us to dig in deep. Ironically, it's when trouble comes, isn't it? It's when when we face hardship and times of pain. Often they're the times when we grow the most. But it's, it's when there's no roots, when there's no root system and when trouble comes away, uh, we, we fall away. But when we stand firm in our troubles and when we take root in the hard times, in the hard situations, that's often the time of our most fruitfulness. I was reminded again this week that, you know, the Christian life, the call to follow Jesus isn't a call to a cruise ship. It isn't a call to a cruise ship. It's a call to a battleship. Now some of us 
when we, when, when we were introduced to Jesus, when someone told us about Jesus, we thought we were getting on a cruise ship. We thought we would be sunning ourselves on the deck, drinking pina coladas. But the reality is, so often, this, 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 this journey of following Jesus is more like a battleship than a cruise ship. That we're at war. That sometimes it gets a bit messy. Sometimes it gets a bit bloody. And that's why we need roots. We need to root ourselves in something. And a lack of root will result in unfruitfulness. The third is a lack of focus. What does Jesus say? Seed sown among thorns. And he says this, a result of that is the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. And so often we can come to Jesus and we can understand and we can do things that help us take root But often the thing that stops us being fruitful are just the normal stuff of life. The normal things of life. They they come our way and they overwhelm us. And we can all feel that, can't we? We can all feel the reality of that, the, the pinch of that. Where we allow the we have this tendency to just allow the stuff of life to choke us. And so maybe one of those things this morning, you can recognise, you know, I, I don't feel fruitful in this area of my life. I don't feel like I'm producing the fruit I should be producing. And so for maybe for some of us, it is a lack of understanding. We need to renew our minds, change our thinking. Maybe for for some of us, maybe we're still on a journey of figuring out what it means to follow Jesus. And maybe you just need to ask a friend who you know follows Jesus and, you know, make them earn their money. Um, You know, Christians have been told that they should always give an account for the for the hope that they have. So, you know, if you, if you are someone who's just journeying towards Jesus, just grab a Christian, there's plenty in the room, and just make them earn their money. Help me understand this. I want to understand this. Because understanding bears fruit. Maybe for you it's a lack of roots. You haven't been investing in your root system. And maybe you just need to go back and do some of the tools that we've been speaking about over the last few weeks. We need, you need to stop, press that stop button and read the word. You need to plug your headphones into that the headphone socket and you need to stop and just learn to hear the voice of God again. So learning to find and build roots and maybe for some of us, it's just a lack of focus. There's, uh, there's stuff going on in our life. There's turmoil. There's, there's change. There's, 
There's things going on, decisions to be made. There's, there's distractions in every corner. And you know that those things are overwhelming you. They're, they're suffocating you. And you're not being fruitful as a result. And this isn't just for you. Our response to this this morning isn't just for your sake, but it's for the sake of others. It's for the sake of others who have yet to encounter this Jesus that you have encountered. And so the question today is where do we start? Where do we begin? And, um, and so we've chose this down symbol which is about learning to turn the volume down and to just think, to stop and think. If I'm meant to be a person who bears fruit, if I'm meant to be a person who has a fruitful life and has such a fruitful life that it's reproduced in other people, where am I going to start? Where should I start? And so we've... um, We've got this symbol, down. And so the first one, D, is direction already given. What has God already told you to do? And what might be he be calling you to do? Jesus said he only did, any, he only did things that he saw the Father doing. And the good news is, is the Father is always, always at work. And so for Jesus, hearing the Father's voice and direction is, is what sustained his entire ministry. So using those listening tools, remember we talked about them a few weeks ago, using those tools to figure out how do I hear the voice of God Some of us need to just consider what is it God has already said. So often we hang around, don't we, for the next prophecy. When God's already spoken. He's already said it. It's just you've not done it. (laughs) And so rather than chasing the next great word, maybe we need to say, well, God, what are you saying? And, And as far as what you're saying, how am I being obedient to that? And so maybe we need to just sit down and figure out what God's already said and be prepared to follow his lead. The O is for opportunities. So the the question is, what open doors do we see? What doors have been opened to us? Often God guides us through opportunities and invitations into things. You know, Joseph served Uh, in Pharaoh's court because he was given an open opportunity to rule. Uh, Peter visits Cornelius' house uh, because he has a vision to go and, and do that. So one of the ways that God often directs us is to open up doors to us, open up doors to us to bring life to the the various places that we influence, that we represent, that we get to impact. Last week, um, if you weren't here, you remember Dawn 
shared a story about some, an opportunity that's open to her in her school. You know, that we, we really believe that as a church, we're called to shape the whole of culture. And Dawn, she works in a school, and she just began to ask that question, okay, God, how, what opportunities do I have in the school where I work? And so she works with a number of children who are on the more kind of needy end, the needy spectrum. And, and she realised it was, it, was, it was good to meet the needs of the children, but what about the needs of the parents? And so she just said, okay, God, what should I do? What opportunity should I have? And she just felt God say, well, go and speak to the head and see if you can create an environment for the parents to come into the school and find the support that they need. And so she went to the head and said, I think God's told me to do this. But just taking the opportunities that are before us. W is what we want to do. What would you like to do? What do you enjoy doing? So often we, we think being fruitful for God is doing stuff that we don't want to do. Doing stuff that's hard or doing stuff that's, that's awkward. But God uses our natural desires and passions and he, he, di- he uses them to direct us into the mission that he's given us. He loves to give us the desires of our hearts. The Apostle Paul, he, he longed to visit Rome so he could preach the gospel there. What are some of the longings that you have? What are some of the dreams that you have? Have you noticed maybe some gaps? Maybe there's a particular group of people you think, you know what, someone needs to go and do something there. Something needs to happen. That could be the place where you start. And then N, your natural giftings. What are natural strengths and gifts? See, God uses our abilities to serve others and bring life. He, he does that all the time. And our strengths are the things that we're good at. Our strengths are the things that we enjoy doing. And maybe some of us just need to write some of those things down. You know, I think I'm good at this, or... I think God's given me this ability. Maybe you need to sit down with some people in your connect group and say, hey guys, I just feel like you know, some of these things that God wants me to use, some of these things. And maybe some of those people in your connect group can give you some feedback. Because <laughs> most of the time you're not honest with yourself, are you? Most of the time you, we sell ourselves short. And it takes other people to say, you know what, well, you're really good at this. And so maybe you just need to have some honest reflection time. How might I serve others with the gifts and talents that I've been given? And so in order to bear fruit, we need to turn the volume down and figure out where it is we start. And so I think there's, there's probably like three groups of us this morning. Um, there may be some of us who... Um, who can see the gaps, can see, you know, where, where in our lives we're not bearing fruit. And it might be, you know, um, a lack of understanding. 
It might be that you just need to change the way you think. You need to reconsider. The, the Bible word is repent. May, it might be a lack of roots. It might be just a need to just reinvest, to bed in some roots again. It might be a lack of focus. There might be just be stuff in your life that you just think, you know, it's, I'm just getting overwhelmed. I need someone to stand with me and just pray with me. Some of you are all three, and maybe you need to go to the doctor. Um, I'm only kidding. If it's all three, then um, see my wife. Um, but some of us just need to connect back to him this morning. Some of us are just... We know there's a bit of distance between us and Jesus and the distance is on our side. He embraces us, he, he connects with us wherever we are. And some of us have never equated the idea of being fruitful for the sake of others. Some, some of us have, have been pre, so preoccupied with ourselves that we forget the otherly calling that we have as Christians. And so there is that opportunity this morning. Let me bear fruit, Jesus, for the sake of others, for my neighbours, for my work colleagues. Let me be a fruitful person for the sake of my family who don't know you, for my friends who don't know what it means to encounter you. And some of us just need our minds inspiring again. And maybe that question of where do I start will trigger off a number of things and just begin to think, you know what, I would love to see this happen. You know, just as, as we were thinking about that process of turning the volume down, some of you were like, I, I would just love to do this. Or I, I really enjoy doing this. I didn't know I had permission to do the stuff that I enjoy doing. And so God's just beginning to stir some of that in. So I'm going to invite the band back, and um, can I ask you to stand, and we'll, um, we'll just minister to one another to finish.